0: Hey everybody, this is Warren Sharp, NFL analyst over at Sharp Football Analysis. I want to welcome you to the Ringer Gambling Show. Join me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays each week during the NFL season with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. We'll be talking spreads, game totals, parlays, player props, futures, and much, much more. Be sure to follow the Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: 18 plus in dc and present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com
2: chicago everywhere
0: check
2: it it. what up world you're listening to the full goal with jason golf presented by the ringer a spotify original
1: yeah Welcome into episode 14 of the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff, brought to you by The Ringer. And as always, Spotify is the gang. And Sox fans, here we are. Down 0-2 to a a tough, tough Houston Astros squad. Uh, Before I get to the fact that this series is pretty much over, probability-wise, I mean, what is it? Tom Verducci couldn't wait to tell Carlos Correa after the game that, what, 88% of the teams up 2-0 go on to win. We've seen crazy things happen before. Uh, maybe crazy things can happen again. But in the end, guys, this is pretty simple stuff. And shout out to my main man, Joe Cowley, who I can't wait to get on this podcast. But shout out to my man, Joe Cowley, who put it as simple as you possibly could put it on Twitter. Sometimes you get outplayed. Sometimes you get outmanaged. And sometimes it's both. And that's what happened today. I was going to say tonight as we are recording, but today. Um, so if you're looking at this game, and and there's a there's a whole bunch of culprits. Let me let me start with the good, right? Because I want you to feel decent about yourself before we head into the abyss known as as this game. Uh, Louis Robert is a star. It's as simple as that. Uh, we don't have to do the star and waiting. We don't have to do the, you know, uh, uh, a player on the rise. He's, he's he's on the come up Nah, F that. Luis Robert is a star. There was a point where he was what, six for six in terms of plate appearances and times on base? He went three for four. He scored two runs, an RBI, got a walk out of the situation. Uh, you know, there are there are certain players who come into your franchise's life or your life as a fan, and you go, man, I'm so sure glad that guy is on my team. Luis Robert is one of those guys. When they signed him a few years back, and we were watching all those highlights and watching all those Instagram videos of him shirtless with the gold chains flying each way, each way that was that was real. And this this affinity for him can be real. Uh, You know, Steve Stone has long said, and I've learned a lot of baseball listening to Steve Stone, interviewing Steve Stone occasionally over the years. Steve Stone has said the difference between the real ones and and I'll, I'll summarize the difference between the real ones and everybody else is who can hit ones and twos. A lot of guys eat fours and fives. A lot of guys eat pitchers who at the back end of rotations end up with 30 some odd home runs, and then all of a sudden you get to the postseason and they ain't nowhere to be found. Alfonso Soriano was a guy, and I don't know what his playoff splits are, and I don't know what his splits against ones and twos are. I'm probably gonna be proven wrong by the people who have those numbers in front of me, but Alfonso Soriano in Chicago history seemed like one of those dudes. I loved Alfonso Soriano, quickest wrist, strongest wrist that you'll ever see. As far as you know, not an overly built guy, not a huge guy, but Strong as hell through the hands. And this was a guy who beat the hell out of fours and fives. And then when you got to ones and twos, it was issues. Luis Roberts saw Valdez and Lance McCullers in these first two games and, and didn't get out. Right, it's a game of outs. No clock involved. You, how many outs can you? Twenty-seven outs. Who gets them quickest? Who scored the most in between those twenty-seven outs? Luis Robert wasn't out this series. Right, the average is seven fourteen. OBP is seven seventy eight. Slugging seven fourteen. The man has gone crazy these first two games. The top of the lineup in this game, yeah, you can't ask for more than eight hits out of the top of your lineup in Anderson, Robert, and Abreu. But same thing as game one cannot walk people in the playoffs the The Sox margin for error is so damn slim you know we watched them throughout the season we watched them beat up on a shitty division and then all of a sudden you know some of those games against tougher teams we're like oh you're gonna have to clean that up and by the end of the season you know not not that it wasn't cleaned up but inopportune moments uh there (laughs) you you got some of the worst not some of the worst play but you got you had things that you couldn't have like how many how many walks came around to score or have come around to score in these first two games lucas giolito and I'll say this, it was pointed out by Dan Wojcicki, a uh, sports columnist out there in L.A. Uh, sports, uh, sorry, I should say beat writer out there in L.A. Does a terrific job, you know, all those years covering the Clippers. And and uh, he's a dude that I am, I am very fond of when it comes to not just writing, but as a guy. He tweeted at me and said, because your Mankata sliding into whatever the baseboard it is or in foul territory and kind of jamming his foot or jamming his knee, whatever the case may be, Lucas Giolito had it going up until that point. And then there was a little bit of a, you know, a respite, a little bit of a sabbatical from the game to make sure that uh, Johan Makata was okay. You know, you saw Eloy Jimenez brushing off his jersey and brushing off his pants while he was getting looked at, Eloy looking out for his guy. And Tim Anderson's over there checking on him as well as the trainer. But Lucas Giolito the whole time was standing there like, all right, you know, I'm— I'm feeling okay, but let's get this thing back going. He never got back in the rhythm. Uh, he lost his release point a couple of times. You can see that shoulder flying open. Uh, and, and even Marcus Stroman was talking about what Lucas Giolito was doing on Twitter before uh, the 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 rhythm got lost. Essentially, in that moment, and I'm not blaming it on him, and I'm not saying that Lucas Giolito shouldn't have kept his his uh, discipline or his his uh, concentration because things will happen in a baseball game. You know, you never know, and that's why the the steely eyed. Veterans and the Bulldogs of playoff of you know playoff opportunities past or or playoff greatness past. uh, That's why they get that recognition because whatever happens throughout the game, each pitch, the 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 entire postseason seemingly is resting on each individual pitch. And Lucas Giolito put too many men on base. The issues that I have with this Sox loss, and it's probably some of the same issues that I've seen on Twitter. It's probably some of the same issues that have come to my phone via text uh, as far as my friends and family are concerned. Tony La Russa, I don't know what you're waiting on, player. I-, I have no idea what you're waiting on. And if Michael Kopeck was handcuffed to Carlos Rodon for that third game, well, shit, you got to get to the third game. You know, I think he even I think he even said in the post game, you know, if if we needed him to win today, he would have been available. Well, guess what? You're down on 2. Now you have to win three games in a row. So, you needed him to win today, right? And 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 I'm not even going to, like you can only get so mad when your 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 top two starters don't give you more innings. I mean, what was it? Eight complete innings by your top two starters? That ain't going to cut it. Hell, you need both of them to go six and the third, six and two thirds. Like, you want to set it up so the bullpen situation could be as as, uh, as manageable and as similar to what it was in the regular season. And I, I see a lot of people out there saying, well, this is the way he managed it in the regular season. Well, guess what? This ain't the damn regular season. Because if this was the regular season, Dallas Keuchel would still be on the, the in the playoff rotation, right? I mean, you know, it, th- these are the problems that I have. We... In, in times where we have people that we've trusted, we make excuses for them, even in moments where they de- there's a departure from their normal brilliance or what we've seen in, in years past, sometimes people just mess up. And in this instance, in this situation, you know, throwing Crochet out there, throwing pair out there, throwing Bummer out there, I mean, throwing Kimbrel out there. Michael Kopeck, he's part of the reason why this is one of the best bullpens in all of baseball. And then in Top of it, you know, you got your man Tony LaRusso talking about Kurt Kimbrell in a, in a situation where he's like, Hey, man, some guys don't do well in setup roles. Well, shit, if I'm Rick Hahn, I'm like, Wait a minute, I gave you a dude who is a, a, a lockdown closer. And you got to push the right buttons. I mean, since he's been with the White Sox, it has been a bumpy ride. It really has. After, you know, a bumpy ride with the Cubs and then getting back on track, I mean, that's why you traded for him, right? That's why Nick Madrigal is going to be at the top of the Cubs lineup for God knows how long because Craig Kimbrell was somebody you had to have. So I don't know if it's a a, a failure uh, organizationally. It's, it's you pressing the right buttons. It's as simple as that. And, and when it comes down to it, the less you have to manage a bullpen through a postseason, the better manager you look like. I mean, hell, look at Ozzie Guillen, that that that, uh, that Anaheim Angels or Angels Sox series, the last time the Sox won a World Series, well, all you got to do is send Freddie Garcia and John Garland and, 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 and Mark Burley and all those boys out there to pitch complete games, well, shit, it's really easy to manage that kind of baseball. You ain't got to do nothing. <laughs> you fill out the lineup card and say, oh, by the way, I got a dude who's not coming out the game. But when you do have to manage those situations, like Tony La Russa has been known to help. We talk about the, the, re, the way bullpens were managed up until about three, four, five years ago when Andrew Miller's of the world and dudes like that just started dropping out the sky. And all of a sudden you're like, hey, the, the sixth inning outs are just as important as the eighth and ninth inning outs. Before that, Tony La Russa kind of, you know, sparked this, this wave of, you know, lefty one out guys, and 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 very specific and 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 finite situations where you're looking at it and saying, hey, I only got two outs I can get, and I need to get them with this guy or this guy. You know, before it's like, all right, you throw a guy out there there's a reliever, throw him out there for an inning, and then you throw another guy out there for an inning. Tony La kind of made that cool back in the day to say, no, I got one guy here for this lefty, I got one guy here for these two righties, and we out this inning. Well, Tony La Russa, you got to trust your instinct, trust your gut, and on top of it, trust the situation. The situation is telling you, you go down 0-2, this shit is over. So you got outmanaged. You got outplayed. Luis Robert is a star. Uh, Jose Abreu is, man, there's a lot of White Sox players I've respected over the years, you know, and going back to the days when I started following this team. Uh, The the players that I that that helped me fall in love with this team and this organization. But Jose Abreu, if if he doesn't get any of the credit that you want to give him over the years, you're doing yourself a disservice as a fan, as a White Sox fan, as a baseball fan. uh, This is a guy who for the last couple of years has been in trade talks and all he's done is going out there and damn near led the league in RBIs a few times and won an MVP. The dude is not supposed to be out there playing. He definitely wasn't supposed to be out there playing game one with, you know, sick as a dog out there and, and, and still battling for you, uh, scooping balls out of the dirt. Like, I think he's an underrated glove guy, but it's the little things, man. It's the little things circuitous routes to, to, to fly balls, you know, putting you in position or taking you out of position to, to, to hit the cutoff man or, or, or make sure runners don't advance. The Houston Astros don't need no damn help, and all they got was help from the White Sox today. Guys advancing 90 feet. You got two games in a row where a pass ball is allowed a runner to get in the scoring position. Or, you know, like these are the things that you can't have happen against a team with this much championship seasoning. And by the way, I don't know where you can get championship seasoning, but it sounds like it'd be delicious, right? And then on top of it, you got, like, look at the lineup. You can't make mistakes. They got the batting champ out at a really, really good clip in these first two games. You know, Yuli Gariel only hitting 125 in this series, but guess what? Jordan Alvarez is out here killing it. Alex Bregman is out here killing it. You know, they, they were able to shut down Michael Brantley today, but game one, you saw what he did, and Jose Altuve is one of We're watching a Hall of Famer, you know, at the, not even at the end of his prime. I think he's right in the, the, the latter portions of the middle of his prime, right? He's been 11 years in the league. All he's done is be a seven-time All-Star and an MVP and is out there making play after play after play. He only went one for four. He scored two runs, got a walk, and was all over the field. So, and then by the way, Carlos Correa, you know what I mean? An MVP candidate in his own right. Who's about to get paid out here on the free agent market. And then you, they, they made up, you know, they can make up dudes like Kyle Tucker and throw them out there. Like these are the things, this is why this is a championship organization. This is why this is a championship team. And this is why, you know, all the swagger in the world is cool. Sometimes you gotta take your cool off and make sure the fundamentals come to play. And that's not just with the players. That's also with the manager. So in essence, if you're a Sox fan and you're looking your wounds, I can dig it. Trust me, I understand. But in the long run, this team's just getting beat. It's just getting beat. It's beating itself, and it's getting beat by what probably, not just probably, what is amounting to a better team. All right, it's time now for our voicemail segment. Uh, the voicemails have been a little down. They've been a little uh, depressing. But I don't think this is going to change it at all. Hopefully, uh, Sox fans, like I said, are licking their wounds and getting ready for this thing to switch back uh, to the south side. And hopefully, this thing goes the distance. Maybe the Sox will pull off a miracle. Steve Cerruti is with us tonight. As Chris Tannehill is doing his thing, Sox-wise. So, Steve, let's get to these voicemails. What we got, man?
0: Yeah, I don't know how I'm feeling right now. I just, you know, this team – it's technically their first window year. I don't know what last year is truly considered for that matter right now until I've seen more of this team. But I, there's just been a lot of mistakes um, made and a lot of things that we've seen continuously through this season that just hasn't been changed. And you know, when it come, comes time to you know play for everything for that matter, it's going to come up. It's not going to change. It's not going to magically come to you know get better for that matter. Uh, Aaron Bummer has been a guy that's been you know, getting dinged up with singles throughout the year. It's not anything that, you know, it might be bad luck and such, but, you know, it's happened too often to have him be in high-leverage situations. Uh, Kimball can't, you know, pitch uh, outside of just the uh, ninth inning. And, you know, they they got to you know figure out that he needs to pitch in that inning. Then. If they can't, they're not getting what they can out of this guy. He needs to be in where he's successful. And um, they just haven't done these things. You know, playing Leary in the outfield, he's technically an infielder playing in the outfield, I know he's a utility guy. Uh, just didn't, you know, you can't depend on utility guys to win, uh, you know, championships. You need to, you need to have guys that have played those positions that aren't good at those positions. And, uh, they've, they've put their team in a lot of really, you know, bad place. on you know, some of the management decisions. And, you know, sometimes, you know, these guys make mistakes at those situations because they have before in the past. We shouldn't be surprised. And, uh, you know, a good team's winning it and probably going to win the series. So, you know, There's always next year, but, you know, they got to make a lot of changes. Um, I don't know where to start, though.
1: Appreciate your call, bro. Um, Yeah, you mentioned utility players and counting on them. Leary Garcia this year has come up big. Uh, Sometimes your utility players, their weaknesses get exposed in big moments. And I'm not saying that he wasn't ready for the moment, but that route that he took to the ball that went over his head, I mean, that broke the game open. Uh, You know, he's been terrific all year long right there's been stretches i won't say where he's carried the team but there's been stretches where you're like all right the utility dude isn't isn't bringing us down right he's not he's not a reason why we're below replacement level at that position so uh Larry garcia and and some of these other guys that you've counted on all year long you know <laughs> this is a deep lineup right and and the question was you know cesar hernandez like when when it, when was he going to get at bats right he he didn't play in game one, if I'm not mistaken, and then he gets a pitch hit and is allowed to play a second uh, after Larry goes out to uh, uh, right field. Right. So yeah, it sucks, man. It sucks. And this is the this is the thing about baseball. You know, the, the the small sample size and the variance that can come with you know a ball bouncing here. by the way, man, that 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 Astros home turf is like a pool table, dog. Like that. It, it, I, as soon as the broadcast said it. After, but I was explaining it to my lady, like, man, that 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 field is pretty damn fast, and you know she doesn't give a shit about sports, so I'm trying to explain to her like what that means and how how they could, that plays to their advantage. Like that infield was ridiculously fast, right? Like it's like a, a like a U.S. Open putting green, right? Where the last day on Sunday, like it's 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 unbearable to watch if you tap the ball through, all of a sudden it's going 100 miles an hour. So this is a team that's. Um, Engineered their team to the home stadium that they play in, and they took advantage. You can see, I mean, two games in a row, guys are playing balls off the wall that they, you know, they're not used to. So uh, they have a home field advantage. They're a damn good team. Uh, they exploited all the Sox mistakes. That's what good teams do. And they exploited some of the mistakes that the manager made. That's what good teams do. Aaron Bummer, like you mentioned, has been getting, you know, ticky tacked all season long, if not uh, beat up. And he's he's on the playoff roster for a reason. Uh, again, uh, I don't know why you didn't see Michael Kopech, uh, but this is this is the, uh, the the Sox lot in life for game two. All right, let's get to. Thank you for the call, man. Let's get to the next voicemail.
0: Jason this is Brad from Southern Indiana. I called a couple of days ago, all excited about our Chicago White Sox, thinking that Lance Slim was going to go out there and shut down the Houston Astros.
2: Hey, I just wanted to call to say, yeah, I was wrong.
0: <laughs> I should have sounded more like this than like the other White Sox fans who felt like, you know, we made it, but we're not going to do anything. But, no, I tried to be all excited, tried to be pep, but guess what? White Sox proved me wrong.
1: Sorry, man. Uh, I appreciate your excitement. Yeah. Uh, Hey, like I said, small sample size, it sucks. Uh, Hopefully the Sox don't get swept. Make a make a, a series out of this thing. All you gotta do is win one game, and then all of a sudden the pressure is on the Houston Astros to not have this thing go back to Houston. Right? They try to end this thing in Chicago, uh, do some shopping, hang out on I don't know, in the Magnificent Mile. You know, drink your beer and hang out with your ladies. That's what they're trying to do. You got to make sure that they don't do those things. Well, you got to make sure you win the game. They they can do those things even if they lose the game. Uh, But that would be a personal situation that you'd have to deal with at home. Let's get to the next voicemail.
2: What's happening? What's up, Jason? It's Mitch here from Aurora, Illinois. Huge White Sox fan. Huge fan of you on the score back in the day. (sighs) This White Sox team, man. (laughs) What is going on? Tony LaRusso and they originally hired him. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Like, I didn't like it. Nobody did, including me. But he had some moments along the way, decided, looked like he had his guys. And then today, Crochet coming out of the pen after he pitched yesterday, a 22 year old kid, when you have, when you have yeah. Bummer, and then pinch hitting Cesar Hernandez for Adam Engel. If you're going to pinch hit for Adam Engel, do seats not Cesar Hernandez. If you want Hernandez in for defense, put him back in after us. So do a double sub. Like, what, what the hell is going on? Dude, I just don't get it, man. I've been waiting so long for the White Sox to be good. and they're just fucking off, honestly. It's bad. It's bad, my dude. All right, man. Take care. I love the show. One love. Peace.
1: Hey, man. There are a few voicemails where I, and there's nothing for me to say after that. So I'm just going to treat that one like that. That was perfect. Um, you know, what? what are you going to do, man? This is. Sometimes this is our lot in life as Chicago sports fans, right? Like, we get through these moments so that when we're sitting around spraying champagne at each other, you know, pouring beer on each other in our living rooms, acting a fool, it was all worth it, right? That's what we tell ourselves. So, this is this is that tough moment, and it's so tough because baseball is a long-ass season. Like, I know, I know, you know, all the seasons are around six, seven months for our professional sports teams, but damn, man, such a long season, for it to end in two or three games or four games. Uh, what's, what we got next, Rudy?
0: Yo, this is Edward from out south and over east. Uh, White Sox have been hot and cold <laughs> all game. I'm the only one wondering, are are we
1: so sure that they can't just turn it back on once they get back here to Chicago?
0: I mean, home games do matter. And maybe, you know, they can get a little bit hotter, make some plays happen, the pitchers actually hit the strike zone. And they right back in the series and they hit Game Five, you know when they head back to Houston. All right, yo, love the show.
1: More love, bro. I appreciate you. That man said he was from out south and over east. I know what you want. Trust me, I know what you want. Uh, yeah, I mean, you just got to win one game, you extend the series, and that's it. And then. The pressure is on the Astros because then they don't want to go back to the crib. They don't want to see a game five. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the only way you can look at it if you're a Sox fan. Straight up. You got to win one game. You know, Tim Anderson, three for five today. Luis Robert, three for four. Jose Abreu, two for four. Y'all, yes, Monty Grandal, you know, sack fly, got hit by a pitch. Got, by the way, the Sox been getting hit by pitches all year long. These last two games, they keep getting hit by pitches. It's, I mean, at some point, this shit's got to stop. But, you know, that's, that's the time. That's, that's for another time, I guess. Uh, Eloy Jimenez still looks a little off, uh, even though he was going the other way today. I felt better about Eloy. He was going the other way. The, the Sox game plan, I thought, offensively was all good. You know, I mean, Franber Valdez is a dude who's, you know, trying to get ground balls, got the highest ground ball. what is was it, rate right in the last 20 years? Like, he was like 10% higher than the next closest guy, like 80% ground balls are on his outs. Had to get the ball up. Had to get the ball up. And the bottom of the lineup, for whatever reason, seemed like they were pull heavy. You know, this dude's throwing a sinker. He's throwing the ball in the ground. You're getting that stupid top spin. It's easy plays for a really, really good defensive squad. So, Uh, Top of the lineup seemed like they were sticking to the game plan, middle to the bottom of the lineup struggled. And you got a a bunch of guys who shouldn't be trying to pull the ball, trying to pull the ball. Hopefully in game three, you don't have that same issue. So, yeah, man, Uh, enjoy yourself tonight and get ready for game three. Uh, For everybody who was anticipating the green room, eh, that's on me. My apologies. But make sure you're downloading that Spotify green room app. So then when we do get in that green room and, and, and do like a real live caller segment, you guys can be involved because I appreciate the interaction every time you guys give it to me. And by the way, this has happened now for two pods where I've made a point and made a note to get to the Chicago Sky, and I haven't. This is my apologies not only to you know the WNBA fans out there, but the Chicago Sky fans and the Chicago Sky as an organization. Listen, man, shout out to those ladies because they – they kicked the Connecticut Suns' ass. And Allison Thomas was out here trying to play, you know, the, the, the tough guy role. And she's a hell of a player. But, man, shout-out to, to Allie Quigley. Shout-out to Court Vandesluke. Shout-out to, to, to Candace Parker. Shout-out to Kalia Copper, by the way. Like, yo, like, there's some, you know, Diamond Shields. There's some hoopers. And the weak side defense that them girls are playing, especially that closeout game, like helping the helper and doing real fundamental shit. Hey, listen. I'm down. I actually wanted to go sit courtside uh, for the for the last game, but uh, you know my lady had to work. I didn't want to peel out and you know just be the only one sitting on sitting on courtside looking like the lonely bum. So yeah, man. Chicago Sky going to the WNBA finals we couldn't be more proud of them and I'm looking forward to getting somebody on from the Chicago Sky organization so we can celebrate them because we don't get a lot of championship rounds in this city so when we do we got to celebrate them so shout out to the Chicago Sky if you're in the dumps about the Chicago White Sox or the Chicago Bears you definitely have a team that you could root for uh, a bunch of characters on that team that you could root for uh, shout out to James Wade right um you know the last time a black coach made it to the WNBA finals was uh uh the the chicago sky coach last time so it's a it's a good feeling it's a good vibe over there at win trust arena and uh hopefully they keep it going and bring the city home a championship so that's all the time we got here on episode 14 Looking forward to talking to you guys Sunday after the Bears take on those Las Vegas Raiders in Vegas. I know a bunch of y'all in Vegas right now. Enjoy yourselves. Be safe, right? And, you know, enjoy the game if you paid them high ass ticket prices. If you're not, you know, enjoy the game or whatever sports book or whatever. Hey, by the way, my man, man, uh, Big Joe, and-, and my man, Mike. Mike B is out there, so if you run into Big Joe, if you run into like a 6 foot 5, you know, 310 pound, like chiseled, diesel ass dude, and and, and the homie Mike B, uh, say what's up to him for me, enjoy yourselves out there, be safe, be safe, because, you know, the Delta variant is still out there on you, so be safe out there, but... Uh, I don't have a good feeling about this game. But, you know, John Gruden, we we did find that he said some racist shit 11 years ago, so hopefully that's a distraction for the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll dig into that story some other time. Uh, I think this is going to be a tough one for Justin Fields and the boys, but we get a chance to evaluate some more tape. So, I got the Raiders beating up on the Chicago Bears while out there in Vegas, but enjoy your time, and uh, yeah, this has been it. This has been episode 14 right here on the Full Goal Podcast with Jason Goff. Shout out to Steve to Rudy. Shout out to you guys for hitting up the voicemail line. Make sure you lock that phone number in. As always, as always, as we leave you and parting, take care of each other and be safe.
2: It's a full go, baby!